On today's stall warning, you get to hear just a single voice. John's got technical communication issues along with many other things. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about uh, Army and Syracuse game. Is, is Syracuse, uh, did they press the panic button? Are they in a multiple-year rebuild? We'll talk a little about this, some games this upcoming weekend. And we might have a little MCLA chat in here. But uh, let's get to it. All right. Stall warning. This is weird being solo, just chit-chatting into a microphone with no one there on the other side to receive it. But I know you guys are all listening and you guys are, are loving it. You wouldn't want to miss uh, a little bit of lacrosse talks. So let's let's hop into it. Uh, Army comes back to beat Syracuse on Wednesday night with a score of 17 to 13. Uh, Syracuse was tied 12-12 and tied 13-13. Army scores four unanswered um, to wrap the game up. Does Syracuse need to hit the panic button? The, the short answer is yes. Um, they're, they're now one and three. They are staring down an ACC schedule of Duke, Notre Dame, <coughs> uh, Carolina, Virginia, obviously. Then on top of that, you have Cornell at a conference, um, who's really good, and Albany, who's always pretty good, and then Hobart, you know, beat Lehigh earlier, so you know that's their game on on Sunday. So it's looking like there's going to be, you know, some challenging games. So they can certainly still punch their ticket to the tournament with with some wins, but look at the schedule that stands right now. You know they got a long road to hoe before they're going to get back to to that spot. So I think that uh, Syracuse does need to press the short term panic button. Long term, I'm not sure they're they're in, they're in too bad a shape. I think they'll get a couple of recruits with the new coaching staff. Owen Hiltz will be back next year. Uh, you know Tucker Dordovic's got another year of school on uh, to look ahead to. Um, Griffin Cook's back. You know, I think there's some some good players who will be back. So, <laughs> excuse me. So I think they'll be fine there. You know, the goaltending is a bit of a question with Bobby Gavin and Harrison Thompson. Gavin getting pulled against Army. But I think both those goalies are, are solid. So it's not like they're going to be just uh, really bad shape in goal. Um, but, yeah, for this year, I definitely think they need to start pressing the panic button. You know, but the good news is, is Petro has been in a situation with Fourth Hopkins where, you know, they're playing playoff games for a good portion of their season. So he certainly knows how to motivate. And uh, and, and then Jacob Fopp's playing well at the faceoff dot. So I don't think Syracuse is out of it by any stretch. And, um, you know, we'll see. I think, I think this Hobart game's huge. I think they need to stem the tide. They need to get a W here and and get themselves back on that winning track because I think Hobart, Hopkins, Stony Brook is a, is a stretch where they can win three in a row and have some momentum going into their game against Duke at the end of March. So I think this this game is a big one to sort of kick that off. Uh, looking ahead to this weekend, Cornell is playing uh, Ohio State on Saturday. This is going to be a pretty darn big game with Cornell jumping out to a really fast start and Ohio State laying the thumping on um, North Carolina. I, I 
you know, both teams are undefeated, so someone's going to get a, get an L this year or this weekend. But I think this is also sort of a jockeying for position uh, in terms of NCAA tournament bids. You know, it seems like both these teams are on track to to get down that road, and you know that's going to be that's going to be big because right the NCAA tournament you know, seemingly will have all the ACC teams. Although it looks like Syracuse might be on the outside looking in if they don't turn things around, and then you know Ohio State's win over North Carolina has put them in a good position. So um, you know this is a big game. The win of this game definitely is putting themselves in a much better position for come resume time. Um, I think that. I think that this is going to come down to uh, goaltending and faceoffs because the both offenses can score and Cornell's defense is playing really, really well. Although Hobart sort of exposed that when they hung twelve on them, so I think that both defenses are good. They're not they're not great just yet, and I think both offenses are good. So uh, I think whoever can can get a couple extra possessions, who can ever get a couple extra saves that they shouldn't have had. I think that'll make all the difference in the world. So I'm I'm definitely leaning towards uh, Ohio State, giving Nick Myers the edge with his culture um, over Cornell. But Connor Busick has really done a great job with that group. Um, so we'll, we'll see how they, they shake out. Meanwhile, if we're going back to the ACC with, with UVA uh, and Johns Hopkins playing this weekend, you know, I think at the beginning of the year after Hopkins beat Jacksonville, and then Jackson went on to beat Duke, I would have said, hey, you know, I think this is a game that the Hopkins can can win. But then after watching last weekend's game where Virginia completely dismantled Syracuse and John Hopkins sort of falling off the map in terms of their ability to get wins, um, you know, against North Carolina, I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned that this is going to be a, another uh, Hopkins-Syracuse or Hopkins would be the same boat that Syracuse was last weekend. With that said, I, I think Hopkins' offense has got potential. Um, I think their defense probably got back to work after losing to North Carolina the way they did. I just don't know how you contain UVA. They have one of the best face-off guys in P. LaSala. You know, the, the list of goal scorers is, you know, deep. In terms of guys that are registering meaningful points, there's four or five guys that can all score. You know, when Matt Moore's your fourth highest point getter, that that usually is a, a good <laughs> a good sign that you're a pretty good team. So I, I think that's that's important. Um, I, I also think that Hopkins is just, you know, they're probably a year away from being a Final Four team. I think they're they're good, but I don't think they're Final Four team this year. So. I'm gonna take. I would take UVA to win this game. I'm going 13-10 UVA. Um, I think Hopkins keeps it close. Syracuse Hobart. We talked about this already a little bit in terms of must win for Syracuse. I mean, it's not a must win, but it's kind of a. I think it's a pretty big one. And I think Hughes is gonna be up for the task. They they played really well. You know, they've at times they they've had those flashes, right? So against Army, they were they were the better team for their you know the duration of the first half, even into the third quarter. You know, against Maryland, they were one goal game in the first half. They just haven't put together four quarters of lacrosse. And I think maybe this is the week where they start to, to change that. And, you know, I think they, they get the win and sort of keep Hobart from making that step, next step. Because Hobart certainly looks good with a win over Lehigh and then a, a close game with Cornell. I think that Hobart is is definitely one of the one of the teams to watch who could 
could turn some heads. And this this would be a weekend for them that if they did that, they'd be pretty pretty pumped up. Um, but I'm taking cues. I'm taking cues. I'm riding Jacob Fop, Ryan Tucker Dordovic. I'm riding the coaching staff, Petro March and and Gary Gate um, to in TD Ireland to change that. So I'm taking cues 14 to 13. More locks of the week. You know, John John has a couple locks that we talked about ahead of time. Uh, he was going to pick Penn over Penn State at minus four and a half. Penn, Penn is minus four and a half. Um, I think it's a good pick. I think Penn State's obviously got a big win over Yale, but, uh, you know, I don't know that I would believe that they're going to do it again. They might, but I think this is a good pick. Maryland, he's going two, minus two and a half over Notre Dame. Um, I'm taking uh, in my parlay of the week. I'm taking Notre Dame at plus two and a half. I, you know, I think there's this is to me a pick'em game. Um, you know, Notre Dame sort of dropped Georgetown by five goals. I think that game was closer than the final score indicated, and I think that Maryland's been playing really, really well. But I, I think Notre Dame's going to get are so much better this week that I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I'm not sure I would pick Notre Dame to win, although it would not surprise me. Um, it also would not surprise me if Maryland covered. So I, I think this game is going to be a good lacrosse game to watch. I'm definitely going to have it on, and I think I would recommend that for everybody. Uh, the biggest challenge is going to be how the midfielders stack up. You know, I think Entman and Goal will play well. Logan McNaney will play well for Maryland. Both defenses are strong. You, know, I'm curious to see how Jack Boyce and Kyle and Eric Dobson do. At the midfield, you know, on the on the other side, you have DeMaio, uh, or DeMaio rather, uh, Long, and uh, you know what they can do against against Notre Dame midfielders because I think the attack will kind of cancel each other out. The Kavanaugh brothers versus versus Keegan Khan and uh, Logan Wisnowsis. So um, the other parlay I had for me, so I have Notre Dame plus two and a half, and then I have Cornell plus an, one and a half points. I I, I think. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is a one-goal game either way. So I, I'm picking Ohio State to win, but I think Cornell covers. I would not be shocked if Cornell won, um, but I think this will be a really close game somewhere in the 13-12 neighborhood, and uh, and so I'm picking Cornell. Let's look at some girls' games. We have Florida versus Stony Brook. This is a huge game for both those programs. They've both lost to some top 10, top 5 teams. And I know that they uh, want to get their the, the ship righted for, um, you know, both for their for their season and then also just um, for at large consideration. I think this will be a really big game to to indicate who's going to be kind of a leader in the clubhouse as you look at potential future at large teams. So, <clears throat> not to mention Florida's one and two, and if they go to one and three, that just there's just a big difference between two and two and one and three. Um, I know it's only a game, but it feels different. So I, I think it's a big game for Florida. Uh, Stony Brook obviously played Syracuse to a one goal game. You know, I think they are feeling like they're right there for that top five marker. So I think they're going to feel good. I'm going to pick Stony Brook to take this game uh, by two, 14 to 12. Um, Q's is heading to Duke. Excuse me. Hughes is playing Duke. I believe it is a home game for the Orange, uh, but that's going to be a that's a big ACC game. It's a big ACC matchup. The Hughes had lost a heartbreaker to Northwestern uh, on Wednesday. 
where they were they were in a battle um, and they lost 16-15 in overtime. I I feel like I feel like Kayla Trainer is get her first shot at handling adversity. See how that goes, and I think she's going to handle it well. And I think she's going to really get those young ladies ready to go. And I think that they're going to come back and and really stick at the Duke. They're going to have to contain the the Duke combo of of Katrina Barry and Katie D Simone, who have both been just absolutely lighting up the scoreboard. Um, you know, and they're clearly the two players that Duke relies on the most to to put balls in the back of the net. Um, or create offense for for other players around them. So uh, that will be really important for them defensively. You know, offense obviously Syracuse is is four or five girls uh, deep. You know that are, they're able to score a lot of different ways, and I think they have a little bit more balance there. Um, I'm going to take the, the Q's to win uh, twelve to eleven. And lastly, is my ride or die. UNC is playing against. Northwestern. Northwestern is getting the biggest win of the year uh, when they beat Syracuse earlier this week. I think that that has given them a lot of confidence, um, a lot of energy going into that game. <laughs> and so I think that this is going to be a much closer game. It's North Carolina is a home team, and and I still, like I've said from the beginning, I don't think anyone can contain Northwestern or North Carolina's offense. And so I just think they're going to score too many goals. Um, ultimately, when it comes down to it. Um, I think North, Northwestern will put up a game. I think it'll be close. But I'm taking the Tar Heels uh, 16-14 to win this one. And, uh, yeah. So those, those are the games that we looked at this week. Uh, there's some good MCL lacrosse on if you want to watch. I know tonight, number two Clemson's taking on Arizona State. I believe Arizona State's ranked number 18 in the country. And, and then Boston College has gone west to play Cal. Uh, they're playing tonight. And they're also playing Chapman and Cal Poly this weekend. So. Some, some really big uh, MCL lacrosse uh, to be watched. It's all streamed on YouTube for the most part or uh, Vimeo, so go check it out. Uh, but otherwise, uh, when you t- hear us on Tuesday, John will be back, and this will be a much better podcast with two versus one. Until then, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you get to enjoy some lacrosse and enjoy the beautiful weather. Peace out. Peace out.